are going to be live in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. How does the mic sound? A little bit too hot on the mic? We have got uh, another first. It's my favorite thing. Uh, we are going to be talking about movies. I love movies. I have uh, no problem admitting that. I could watch movies at any point in time. I watch movies over and over again. I feel like movies are the same as songs. If you love a song, you can hear that song hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of times, and you still love it. And I feel the same way about a, a wonderfully made movie. Goodfellas, I could watch it over and over again. I'd pick it up wherever it was and keep watching. And it's a long list of movies like that. And people remember the hits. People remember movies like Goodfellas and Casino and God, you know, Godfather and on and on. But what about the movies? What about the movies that don't quite make it? What about the movies where there was intelligent people, uh, plenty of money, lots of talent, um, a good idea, put it together and it just didn't work. The critics didn't like it. The fans didn't like it. It didn't make money. It lost money. But what about those movies that maybe just had a bit of bad luck? There are movies out there that, while they lack the traditional success measurements, i.e. box office, i.e. ratings, awards, they are nonetheless extremely good. And some just were overlooked. Some were bad timing. Um, Some had a number of different um, things against them. And I feel like it's such an important art form and we're so good at it. We really are good at it. It's important to point out the movies that are really, really good, high quality. I would even say in some cases, excellent movies that completely flopped. So I have selected five underrated, underperforming movies that the No Outlet Podcast highly, highly recommends you go see. This is a list um, that I know intimately. I've probably seen these movies, you know, at, at least 10 times each. Um, and I don't care if that sounds like a lot. They're all special in their own way. And In fact, one of these five, I'm a terrible flyer, and I used to have to fly for business all the time. And I'm talking about flights to, you know, Germany, Poland, Mexico, Singapore, um, anywhere you can think of, and I hated every second of it. And this one movie that I'm going to talk about was kind of my good luck charm. If I watched this movie before I flew, the flight was going to be fine. But it worked every time. Um, and so I watched this movie a lot, and we'll get to that. And there's four others. So uh, f- without any further ado, let's get to it. The first ever top five underrated movies as listed by the No Outlet Podcast. Okay, number one. This movie's title is Extract. Extract is a movie starring many people. The cast is one of the most impressive things about it. The lead is Jason Bateman, right? Everyone knows him from Ozark. Everyone knows him from the Smartless podcast. Everyone knows him from Arrested Development, on and on. He's amazing. Mila Kunis was in this movie. Kristen Wiig was in this movie. J.K. Simons, a Oscar award-winning 
J.K. Simons was in this movie. David Koechner, a.k.a. Pac-Man from The Office, was in it. SAG Award winner Clifton Collins was in this movie. Even Gene Simmons from KISS was in this movie. Oh, and did I forget? Ben Affleck was also in this movie. So that think about that lineup. On top of that, it was written by Mike Judge. Now, Mike Judge, you might not know that name when I first say it, but he is responsible for Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, Silicon Valley, Office Space. It did terrible on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, uh, the budget was $8 million, and it grossed $10 million. So it made a whopping $2 million. Movie producers uh, do not like those kind of numbers. Those are not the numbers that are going to help you get more movies made. I highly recommend that you go check this movie out just to give you – I don't want to ruin anything. So Jason Bateman owns a, um, a vanilla or an extract, flavor extract company. And the movie is basically him having this kind of crisis with he's trying to sell his company. He wants to keep everything in line. He and his wife are having not the best time, and he's trying to rekindle things with her. His next-door neighbor's a pain in the ass. Ben Affleck is a bartender at a bar that he goes to. So I'll just say this. He finds himself in all these, uh, and Mila Kunis is like a con artist from out of town. It's a fucking awesome story, and it's really, really funny. And some of the, I, there's a few scenes in that movie that I could watch over and over again and just die laughing every single time. I'm not going to give any of it away, but it's a story that's incredible. And Kristen Wiig is amazing. This is before she was, I think this was right before Bridesmaids. So everyone knew who she was, but she wasn't huge. And like I said, no one went to saw no one saw this movie in the theaters. Like it flopped. But it's available on a number of streaming services. And um, so that's the first one. It's called Extract. Go see it. Number two, uh, changing genre, time period, everything. The movie is called The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. It was made in 2007. It had a budget of $30 million, and it had sales of $10 million. So the last movie made $2 million. This one lost 20 Now listen to this lineup. Sam Shepard, Casey Affleck, Jeremy Renner, Brad Pitt, Sam Rockwell, Zoe Duchanel, Mary Louise Parker, and it's a true story, and it's such a well-made film. You forget that you're watching a movie. You get transported to that period of time, the late 1800s, 1881 to be exact. It is the story of uh, somebody trying to join uh, Jesse James' famous James gang, help with a train robbery. And again, I don't want to ruin anything for those that know the history of it. You know the story already. It paints such a realistic picture of the period of time that they were in um, and how grim it could be and how um, stark the reality was and how cutthroat it was. And it, it's just an incredible piece of work. And it's now here's the thing. If what you're looking for is something that's got like, you know, 90 minutes and, you know, easy laughs and, you know, snappy dialogue you're not going to get that this this can be considered a little bit of a of a you know story heavy action light movie and and they paint a picture and it's not a quick picture they're they're taking their time but but the payoff is there again amazing cast very well shot the assassination of jesse james 
by the coward Robert Ford. It's a mouthful. Um, let's not forget the crowd goes crazy every time we list one off. The next one is called Crumb. <clears throat> Crumb. It was made in 1994. It had total worldwide sales of $3 million. It was a documentary. So unlike uh, the other two movies that I've listed so far, this is not a movie per se in that it is not made with actors, with a fake story, with, you know, um, words on a page. This is somebody's life. Um, And it's a life of an incredible artist. He's an underground uh, legend. His name is Robert Crumb, R. Crumb. And it goes over his family history. And um, it was made by... Uh, a gentleman by the name of Terry Zweigoff, who was heavily connected to Andy Kaufman back in the day. Um, and it's uh, just great critical acclaim. Um, it went to Sundance, and I think it actually won the documentary prize at Sundance in 95. But again, it's about this very interesting man, Robert Crumb, who was a pioneer in underground comics, 1960s. And um, he got inspiration from the cartoons in the 20s and 30s and it talks about it goes into detail about his family his his uh his brother he's actually okay to put it in perspective of who this guy is the keep on trucking um logo that you've seen on everything that was him he created that and you probably recognize a lot of his other works like he is um just amazing it is one of the books was called cheap thrills um, anyway, he had a brother who was also an artist, but his brother had serious mental illness and it, it dives into that. It dives into his style and his unique uniqueness and his personality. And, and it paints a picture of a guy who lives life the way he wants to live it. He is unencumbered by the barriers that somebody else's opinion might form. He is somebody who literally gives like, this is an expression that's overused now nowadays, like, uh, no fucks given, right? That That's said a lot, but this person, R. Crumb, he literally gives zero fucks. He, he wears what he wants to wear. He says what he wants to say. He draws what he wants to draw. His interest in certain types of women and why, and he's very open about it. You know, he's, it's just a, he's an open book, and it's an amazing documentary. I mean, it won the goddamn Sundance. But for some reason... Um, nobody in the United States wanted to go see it, but I highly recommend that you change that. Go find where it's streaming. You know, maybe, you know, you might even be inspired afterwards to pick up a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil and, and draw something, you know, express yourself. Who knows? Go see Crumb. Okay. The next one on our list. Uh, is a movie that was made in 1998, and it was a movie called Permanent Midnight. Permanent Midnight uh, had total sales, total movie sales of $1 million. That's it. Which is surprising when you think about the lineup in the movie. Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, that's right, Starsky and Hutch were both in this movie. Um, They made, obviously many other movies together, including Meet the Fockers and on and on. But this was one of their first ones together. Uh, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Elizabeth Hurley, Janine Garofalo, Fred Willard, R.I.P. Fred Willard, one of the funniest uh, men uh, in the last generation for sure. 
Sandra O oh was in this. Andy Dick was in this. The much the much troubled Andy Dick. Uh, although when he was not so troubled and funny, he was very funny. Uh, Cheryl Ladd. One, I believe Cheryl Ladd was the last installment of the original version of Charlie's Angels. I'm going to fact check myself when I'm done with this, but I'm pretty sure Cheryl Ladd was an angel. And then the story was somehow this alien life form, Alf, somehow came to this, like crash landed and was living with this family as part of the family. He, it was so weird because Alf was a fucking puppet. So, or, you know, like, you know, so here's this puppet, like it was almost like a uh, reverse Sesame Street, like Sesame Street's all puppets and one human being, right? Well, this was the opposite. This was all human beings in one kind of puppet. Or I'm not sure if it was a puppet or if it was somebody wearing a suit, but it was just like hairy, furry, you know. It almost looked like a toy. And that was supposed to be the alien. Anyways, I, I digress. The reason why I wanted to point that out is because this makes a lot more sense. So Jerry Stahl uh, made this movie uh, about our, uh, Al. He didn't call it Alf in the movie. It's called In the movie, it's called Mr. Chompers. But Mr. Chompers is just the way to avoid using Alf and having to deal with any of the stuff that comes along with that. Uh, but he was, the story is, the basis of the story is he was a full-blown heroin addict. He was completely strung out. He had a $6,000 a week heroin habit. He had a newborn baby. Um, and he was in charge of this TV show. And he was getting fucking wrecked out of his mind. And then writing about this, you know, alien. And he's talking about, this family that's living with an alien. So in retrospect, looking back, of course he was whacked out on heroin. Think about what he was putting out there for a TV show. But at the time, nobody knew that. So anyways, uh, back to the movie, Permanent Midnight. So Ben Stiller plays Jerry Stahl. Uh, Jerry Stahl is actually in the movie as a doctor, I believe. And it really, it's, it's a heartbreaking portrait of addiction. And for anybody out there who's ever dealt with addiction, either on their own or someone in their family, it's no joke, and um, it's really it's kind of scary what can happen to somebody. And so he was a full blown heroin addict. He would be shooting up when he went to go pick up his daughter, and driving. He would get sick all the time, and it was just it's it's heartbreaking to watch what happens. And now the, this guy Jerry Stahl went on to do other uh, TV shows. Um, so there eventually is some reden- redemption, but. It's a pretty dark movie. The if you're looking for an upbeat, chippy, you know, cheerful Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller movie, this is not it. This is not Zoolander. It's not even close. Um, it's about as far away as I, as you can get. Like there's some dark humor, right? But it's just a it, it, it hits you. If if what you like to walk away with from a movie is a feeling, um, then go see the Permanent Midnight. Now, up until this point. This list has been in no particular order. But this next one that I'm going to tell you about now, this is number one on my list of underappreciated, underrated, underseen, maybe it's the best way to put it, movies uh, available right now. And that is a movie that was made in um, 2001. The name of that movie is Made. Uh, M-A-D-E, because there's... A few different ways to spell that. M-A-D-E made 2001. Budget of $5 million. And total sales of $5 million. So, 
movie didn't lose money, but it didn't make money again for the people that are putting the money up front in the first place. They didn't put $5 million up to get $5 million back. No profit means no bueno. People behind this particular movie called Made. So first and foremost, it was written and directed by John Favreau. You guys probably know John Favreau uh, from a number of different places. He wrote and directed Elf. He was in Swingers. He is now in charge of The Mandalorian. He was in many of the Marvel productions as Iron Man's um, right-hand man. Uh, I kind of forget his name now in the in those series, but he's in a bunch of different Iron Man movies and Avenger movies. Uh, John Favreau, super talented guy. Um, he's also made a movie called Chef. Um, just immensely talented, and again, not afraid to speak his mind uh, in, in artistically. So him and Vince Vaughn made Swingers, and Swingers was like this uh, surprise hit. They made it for almost nothing, and it made a bunch of money, and it got picked up, and they kind of did it on their own, and they did it you know, uh, on a shoestring. I think they spent less than a million dollars to make Swingers, and it was a huge hit. And it remains a huge hit now. Like, there are so many taglines from Swingers that everybody knows. You're so money. You know, Vegas, baby, Vegas. And it's it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I love Swingers. But Made is a better movie than Swingers. And you wouldn't know that by the amount of attention Swingers gets compared to Made. But I'm here to tell you that Made is a better movie. Now, listen to this lineup. John Favreau is in the movie. Vince Vaughn is in the movie. Faison Love, who uh, was in Elf. He was Buddy the Elf's boss at Gimbal's. He was in it. Uh, the great Peter Falk was in it. Um, Sean P. Diddy Puff Daddy Combs is in the movie. And he does really well. He's got a major role and he's good. It was co-produced by Peter Billingsley. Now, Peter Billingsley, you might say, Ethan, who is Peter Billingsley, I don't know that name. And I would say, have you seen A Christmas Story? And you would say, yes, I have. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Well, the main character in that story, The Christmas Story, is played by Peter Billingsley. And Peter Billingsley has been in a number of Hollywood productions, both as an actor, producer, director, writer. So he's doing fine, kids. Um, In addition to that, Vincent Pastore was in this movie. Vincent, as many of you probably know, played a character by the name of uh, Big Pussy, who was a uh, member of the Soprano crime family. And uh, he's in this movie. David O'Hara, who was in The Departed, is in this movie. Sam Rockwell is in this movie. Jonathan Silverman is in this movie. The lead guitarist of Rage Against the Machine, Tom Morello, is in this movie. Drea DiMatteo from also The Sopranos, is in this movie. Federico Castaltuccio. I might not have said that right, but he was Furio from The Sopranos. He's in this movie. And if that is not enough, Dustin, don't call me Screech Diamond, is also in this movie. It's an amazing lineup. And it's an amazing story. Now, this is the movie that I talked about earlier that I watched on every flight that I took for... Probably 10 years. So I know the movie Inside and Out, and the writing holds up. It's an amazing story. It, you know, Vince Vaughn plays this kind of two, in Swingers, Vince Vaughn played like 
the alpha guy, too cool for everybody, very funny. But he kind of plays a different part in this movie. And when you think about Vince Vaughn, uh, this is the way that you want to remember Vince Vaughn. Like, sharp, funny, you know, authentic, um, just just A-plus Vince Vaughn. And again, the story is incredible. Um, and it just, it, it's an easy watch and it holds up. And a lot of it's improvised. So there you have it. That's the fifth one <clears throat> made. So to recap, again, in no particular order, here are the top five most underappreciated, underwatched, um, underrated movies of all time. Number one, Extract. Go see it. Number two, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Number three, Crumb. That's right, Crumb. Number four, Permanent Midnight. And number five, but certainly not least, and number five, last but not least, in fact, it's first, made. 2001, go check them out. I hope, I hope this was informative. And, and here's the thing. If you hear one of those names and you're like, yeah, I'm not really sure if I like it. I dare you, if you watch one of these five and you hate it, I mean, you absolutely just hate it and you think it's garbage, write me and tell me and I'll buy you a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Or if you're into Starbucks, I'll buy you a Starbucks. Or if you've got a local place like um, Wise House Coffee in Salisbury, I'll buy you one of those. Um, But uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. And um, just as I've got... Two minutes and 45 seconds left. I was going to make this exactly a half an hour. And so with that time, the people that listen all the way to the end are going to get a bonus piece of um, pop culture um, surprises. No, that's not right. The people that listen to the end are going to get a, a bonus review for a TV show that you might not have heard of. Uh, there is a TV show out there. It is currently streaming on Max. So if you have Max, you can see this for free. The TV show is called Search Party. And Search Party is, I'm, I'm not even going to start to tell you the story, although its it, I'll tell you where it starts. It starts with someone going missing, and then it quickly turns into a murder. Um, and then from there it goes in so many directions that you, it, you you'll, it, it's amazing where this TV show goes. Um, and it's filled with super talented people, uh, amazing cameos, um, you know, really, really well written, well put together. And it kind of flew under the radar. It was two seasons on TBS. And then, um, and I watched those when it was on TBS. And I didn't realize that Max had then ordered three more seasons. So it made the three seasons. It's got a total of five seasons. They're all about a half an hour, maybe 26, 27 minutes in some cases. And they're funny as hell. But they're also, there's there's moments of, like, some darkness. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the things that happen that aren't super hilarious. Like, hilarious. There are things that happen that aren't super hilarious. Um, so, again, highly recommend it. Search Party on Max. You can see all five seasons there. TBS must have sold them a package deal. Um, and, and that's it. That is really it. And, um, I have 45 seconds left. And with that, I'm going to 
play you out with a, a little song, and it's called it's called Hibiscus Tea. <clears throat> we got some hibiscus, hibiscus tea. We've got many flavors of tea, but hibiscus is our favorite one because it tastes just like a flower would taste if you made tea out of a flower. It tastes just like it does because guess what? Hibiscus, yeah, it's a flower. Put it in warm water. It tastes good. Soothes a sore throat. It puts you in a good mood before you go to bed. Hibiscus tea. I really love it. You'll never ever take it away from me. Hibiscus tea. You should try it. Come on, you like it. Don't deny it. Hibiscus tea, everybody's doing it now. Hibiscus tea, come on and join the party with hibiscus tea. Huh. Believe it or not, that was uh, right off the top of my head. One and done. Thanks for listening.